So I want you to look at Acts chapter 2. And I want to talk about the benefits of praying in tongues. Now, here's the thing. In every church, you have believers who pray in tongues, and they pray in tongues regularly. They've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You have some in every church who got filled with the Holy Spirit, but they're not praying in tongues hardly at all or at all. And then you have some that, you know, they're saved, but they're like, hey, man, what is this about praying in tongues? What does that mean? I've never heard that or I've heard about it. I don't know what to believe. Well, we're going to address that. Then there's some folks that come in and uh, the Bible calls them unbelievers and they haven't given their life to the Lord. But they're like, what's all this tongue stuff? Well, let's go through the scripture because I want to teach you the benefits of praying in tongues. I want you to look at Acts chapter 2, and I want to give a challenge to everybody too. In Acts chapter 2, notice what it says in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So there was 120 of them, including Jesus' mother. Mary was there. She was one of the 120. And suddenly there came a sound that came from heaven. And this sound came as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them, so all 120, tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of the 120. Now watch this. Not one person of the 120 was left out at all. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they all began to speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Now, why do I say that? Because there's teachings that say that the Holy Spirit is given with the evidence of speaking in tongues to some, but not to everyone. Well, you don't find those examples in Scripture. There's other people that will say, well, I'm filled with the Spirit. Well, sure, there's a certain filling that comes when you get saved. That's John chapter 4, where Jesus was talking to the woman at the well. And he said, in you, woman, is a well that springs up unto everlasting life. And we know that the Holy Spirit comes and there's a regeneration of your spirit. Your spirit is born again when you accept Jesus. But then he goes on in John 7, three chapters later you could say, and he begins to declare that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he's talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the life of speaking in tongues is like a river that flows out of you. It's a separate experience than just getting saved. So here's the thing. They all began to speak in tongues and the initial proof that they were filled with the Holy Spirit was they began to speak in tongues. And as I was preparing for the Pentecost message last Sunday, I was specifically asking the Lord, I said, Lord, please show me what is on your heart. If you were to say anything to your church, no matter if they're filled with the Spirit, no matter if they've never heard it, no matter if maybe they were, but they're not praying, what would you say to your people? And all of a sudden I was drawn to verse 4 by the Holy Spirit, and He began to talk to me about this verse, and I want you to see this. Notice again, verse 4 of Acts 2, and I want you to hear this, those of you that are watching. And they were all, underline all, circle it, Highlight it. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they all began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to ask you a question. What would happen if you, a believer who's already filled with the Holy Spirit, would up the amount of time that you pray in tongues? What would you be like as a believer? What would be the state of God's church? If tongue-talking Christians would up and increase the amount of their praying in tongues? What would happen if non-tongue-talking Christians would get filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in tongues? What would happen to the state of the Lord's church? I'm not talking denomination. What would happen if... Everyone who's filled with the Holy Spirit and speaks in tongues would not only increase the amount of time, but they would every single day, I'm just saying, at the same time, pray in tongues. What would be the state of the church? What would be the state of the nation? What would be the state of the earth? What would be the state of our politics? 
What would be the state of our gas prices? What would be the state of the economy? I believe the reason why there's so much confusion, division, fighting, hopelessness, fear is because the tongue-talking level and prayer of the church is at an all-time low. You say, well, I don't believe that. Yeah, because if pastors, it's been recorded that pastors, the amount of time they pray every week is less than eight minutes. The greatest sin, perhaps among Christians, is prayerlessness. And that's not even talking about tongues. That's just talking about prayer itself. Imagine what would happen if we all would begin to speak in other tongues. What would happen in the church? The nation. What kind of changes would be brought to the earth? Now, this is important. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So I was... uh, Praying in my brown prayer chair, we we actually got rid of the brown prayer chair years ago. I wish we would have kept it. But it kind of had, remember that, Brenda? It kind of had like this thing in the middle that kind of hurt. It was falling apart. But it was my brown prayer chair. And that prayer chair was very important because I had a lot of supernatural experiences with it. In fact, one day, uh, we were trying to birth our ministry. We had just gotten married and we got this little apartment, beautiful little apartment. And... um, we had this little brown chair in our, our prayer room uh, next door to uh, our living room and our, uh, our room. And I was praying there and I was looking out the window and I said, God, what do I need to do to really get this ministry going? I don't understand. Why aren't doors opening up? And of course, you know, I was 23. Brenda was 22. And I heard the Lord say, just pray in tongues. And so I just kept praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. And then I heard in my spirit, you know, sing in tongues, because that's what the scripture says you can do. So I remember singing in the spirit, and I was looking out the window and just kind of imagining going uh, across the nation, preaching across the earth. And I turned around, and I, I did a double take, and I looked right next to my chair. And I looked again, and it didn't change what I saw. And I thought, okay, this is weird. And I literally saw an angel standing by my brown chair. And immediately, without thinking, I knelt down right in front of that brown chair. And I began to worship the Lord. And I closed my eyes thinking, Hank, you're just, this is just your head, man. And and, 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 because I'm not into sensationalism. And I was worshiping and I thought, I'm going to open my eye and see if I still see that thing. I opened my eye and I was shocked. That angel bowed right next to me and was worshiping with me. Yeah. Oh, God. So what did you do, Pastor Hank? I started praying in tongues. And as soon as I prayed in tongues, that angel shot up. I don't know how he got up so fast. He got up and shot out of my my room. Just with so much force. I remember when he went out of the room, I fell backwards. And I thought, oh my Lord, I didn't make this up. This actually happened. And I just kept praying in tongues, praying in tongues. A few months later, we're way in the back of one of the buildings here in Omaha at a meeting. It wasn't one of Benny Hinn's biggest meetings, but there were several thousand in the meeting. And Brenda and I, we had come in late because it was uh, a lot of traffic. And, and, and I'm way in the back and all of a sudden they're worshiping and Pastor Benny, he stops and he says, yes, Lord. You know how he talks. And he says, that couple in the back, you in the back, you come up here. I see the Lord on you. Come up, y'all. Come up, y'all. And I'm looking around. Yes, you that's looking around. You come up here. You come up here. You come up here. I'm like, okay. And so we realized it was Brendan and I. And he gets us on stage and begins to prophesy over our ministry about that we go all over the world. And he laid hands on us and blah, blah, blah. Bob, I think you got prayed over too that day. You remember that? And, and uh, it was interesting because that was right after that angel 
was in my prayer room and shot out. All of a sudden now, we get an impartation that forever changed our life and our ministry. So you don't realize what's happening when you pray in the spirit. The things that are happening in the world. So let's get back to this prayer chair. So one day I was sitting in this prayer chair. And I want you to put up 1 Corinthians chapter 13 because I want to teach you something that the Lord showed me in this verse. Now, this is not taking this verse out of context. I'm teaching you a supernatural principle. Okay? We know what this verse says. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels. Stop right there. Notice if you speak in tongues of men... Men are in the earth. Men, as those of you that are watching, are in the natural realm. Angels are where? In the spirit. So he's saying, even though I speak with tongues in the natural, or even tongues that are in the spirit, I don't have love, I become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. So I'm sitting in my chair, and the Lord doesn't quote the last part of that verse. He quotes this verse to me, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. And he stopped. And I said, Lord, what are you saying? Are you saying I'm not walking in love like the rest of the verse says? He didn't answer me. So I pressed him again and I said, Lord, are you saying that I'm not walking in love? And he said to me, what I want you to understand, when you pray in tongues, you move men, you move things in the earth realm. You move things in the natural. What would happen if all of us who know that our vote and our voice got stolen in the 2020 election? If we began to pray in tongues about it, could it move men? out of where they are and should not be. And then he said, not only do you move men, but you move angels. You move things in the spirit realm. That's what happened when I was in that brown chair and I was worshiping and I got over in tongues, that angel shut out. And not only did it move something in the spirit by the way that angel moved, but it literally Move something in the natural to where now, a few months later, I'm getting called out and imparted to supernaturally. What would happen if you and I would increase the amount of our praying in tongues? What is standing in your way in the natural? What seems like it's not changing in the natural? What needs activation and movement in the spirit? Let me show you how important this is. In um, uh, Daniel chapter, I believe it's Daniel 9. And I believe it's verse 22. I could be completely wrong, but I know it's in the book of Daniel. The Bible says that Daniel, I, Daniel, when I prayed, the angel moved swiftly. That's what it says in the book of Daniel. Daniel prays and it says the angel. Yes, while I was praying in prayer. Even the man Gabriel, who I had seen in a vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me. So notice it was when he was praying. What would happen when you pray in the Holy Ghost? If it's the tongue of men and of angels, tongues that affect things in the natural, tongues that affect things in the spirit with angels, what would happen? If you increase the amount of praying in tongues, Daniel said, while I was speaking in prayer, even Gabriel, one of the highest ranking angels, came and began to fly. What? Swiftly. Why are some things not happening? Because sometimes we are so busy praying things out in English, if that's our native language, Spanish, Russian, whatever it is that is your dialect. And what happens oftentimes is we pray something and we think, well, maybe it didn't catch. Maybe it didn't hit the target. Maybe I didn't pray it right. Maybe God didn't hear me. And so we re-pray it again and again and again. And we ain't moving nothing because God's moved by faith. And so we wonder why there's delay. What if we said, you know what, God, 
I'm going I'm to pray about this right here. And I'm going to get over in tongues. And I believe that I will move men. And I'm going to move angels. And I believe just like Daniel who activated Gabriel to fly swiftly or to activate acceleration is going to be the result over this nation. It's going to be the result over my life. Come on. Well, when's my spouse going to come? Well, rather than keep saying that, get over there, Lord. I thank you, my, my husband's come. And he's not swanky. He's not some guy that's going to come up in the church and going to creep me out and everybody else. That's how I met Brenda. My pastor at the time, he was wrong. He was, I love him, but he said, Hank, date them all. So I started dating a bunch of different girls. And, and, and I kept coming back going, what? There ain't nobody that's at the level of what I want. I'd talk the word and they'd be like, huh? I'd talk miracles, and they'd be like, huh? I'm like, no, next. <laughs> and so finally, I just said, you know, Lord, I'm going to pray in tongues. I'm going to pray in tongues. And I kept praying in tongues, kept praying in tongues. Finally, one of the head intercessors in my spiritual mother, in fact, I'll never forget it, my spiritual mother, I went out with this one girl, and my spiritual mother said, are you going out with some girl with blonde hair? I said, yeah, that ain't your wife. <laughs> she goes, sit down. Yes, mom. And I sat down. She to be 100 years old. She goes, now turn around. I'm like, I'm going to get spanked. She goes, start praying in tongues. We start praying in tongues. She goes, I saw it. Yes, Lord, I see it. She didn't even know Brenda. She said, you're going to marry a woman with brown eyes and brown hair. I went, that ain't God. Because I always thought I was going to have a girl with a different color hair. But I was in my head. Because you're going to marry a brunette. God says so. I'm thinking, okay, we'll see. That's kind of what I'm thinking. So I kept praying in tongues. All of a sudden, the head intercessor comes up to me. He says, Hank, I just saw something in the spirit. And I was praying for you. I said, what's that? She goes, quit dating girls. I'm like, and she goes, <laughs> she said, you're about to meet your wife. I am? She goes, yes. Keep praying in tongues. I said, oh, I have been. She said, well, close your eyes. She says, you're looking for the wrong thing. I'm looking for the wrong thing. She said, your wife is going to have brown hair and brown eyes. And she's coming. I said, well, where's she at? She goes to this church. Well, I haven't seen anyone with brown hair or brown eyes. All of a sudden, about three weeks later, I'll never forget it. We're in staff devotions. And the senior pastor says, by the way, we have someone new that's going to be working here. And I want you to, uh, I want you to, to meet her. And all of a sudden the door opens and here comes Pastor Brenda walking up the steps. And, and I'll never forget, she was wearing a black dress with white. And she looked beautiful, brown hair with beautiful brown eyes. And I looked at her and went, whoa, man. <laughs> That's how they got their name. Whoa, man. And so I was Mr. Superfly. So I'm like, I, I, I got, I, I got to know her. And so I'm being real cool. And so I said, Hey, um, do you want to pray together? She said, yes. And we prayed in tongues, not even knowing each other. Started praying in tongues together. She'd bring her Bible, I'd bring my Bible, we'd pray the word, we'd pray in tongues together. And then finally, she begged me, will you ask me out? And I said, I, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, so the rest is history. But you pray out your future. You move men. Some of, some, of them, some of them need to be moved out of the way. Right? Rather than constantly getting the wrong one, keep praying over in tongues, you're going to get the right one. You're going to get the right job. You're going to get the right car. You're going, all right? But look here when you pray in tongues. You receive supernatural power 
or enabling. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Look at what Jesus said. He said, you shall receive power. That power is what enables you. That power is what equips you after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So when do you get that power? After. He's talking about getting filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Now, here's what's amazing. In the evangelical world, they make an important, necessary emphasis on something, and that is the Great Commission. How many know that's important? We need to go make disciples. We need to go get people saved. But here's what a lot of these evangelicals, they won't tell you, or they don't come to the knowledge of understanding. Jesus did not give them the Great Commission until he mentioned, go wait in the city of Jerusalem until you get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. He didn't want him on the mission field. He didn't want him up in Rome. He didn't want him over in Corinth. He didn't want him out in the streets of Jerusalem until they first were tongue talkers. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit gives you divine enablement. It gives you supernatural ability to do things that you don't do or you cannot do. Now, I've had Christians say to me, oh, pastor, you don't know how dry my Christian walk is. You don't know how tough things have been. Now, oh, I probably don't know. But I guarantee you something. If Jesus said in John 7, 37 through 39, that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Come on, life, rivers. If you would increase the amount of your praying in tongues, I promise you, you would not be one who testifies of a boring, stagnant, struggling Christian life. No, there's too much river of life. There's too much rivers of power coming out of you to be stagnant. Come on, a river in the natural that's moving is not stagnant. In fact, it removes debris and floats it right on down. All the sewage that gets put in it. Imagine what would happen if we increased Acts 2-4. They all began to speak in tongues. What would happen? Look at the next one. When you pray in tongues, it helps you to prophesy more accurately or hear the voice of God. Look at Acts chapter 19. Look at verse 6. Notice why the Holy Spirit had this recorded. People often say, well, pastor, how do you hear from God? Pastor, how do you know that there's going to be great heat? Chances are I was praying in tongues. And then when the Spirit of the Lord came on me, I just released on what he said. But if you want to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, or you want to increase the voice of God and, 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 and what God is saying, get over into the Spirit. Get over in tongues. Look at Acts 19.6. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, notice what happens. The Holy Ghost came on them. And what happened? They spoke with tongues. And what was the other thing? And they prophesied. Why is this important? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul gives an instruction. So you see the connection. Notice what came first in the verse that I just shared with you. They spoke or prayed in tongues. And then what did they do? They prophesied. So there was an activation of the spiritual gifts. All right, you want to increase the spiritual gifts? You want to increase the voice of God to you? Pray in tongues. Increase the measure of your tongues. How many of you saw the Tulsa meeting and those of you that are watching at ORU? They said by the time they had all the overflows and different things, there was uh, about 15,000 people that showed up. So the day of the meeting, I'm in the room. Brenda's praying. I'm praying. I went into the other room and began to pray. And as I kept praying in tongues, kept praying in tongues, next thing I know it, I had my eyes closed and I'm praying in tongues and I'm carried in the spirit. I'm literally now in the meeting. This is before the meeting happened. And I saw what was going on in the meeting. And I saw at one moment where the Lord, his spirit came on this vessel here and he wanted me to speak. And I began to prophesy in the meeting. I saw it ahead of time. And so I got done with my prayer time, had to get dressed to get ready to go over to the maybe center. Brenda said, so what, what are you feeling? I said, Brenda, I was carried in the spirit to the meeting. I already saw what's going to happen. And I told her, and do you know what happened? It happened. (laughs) 
because I foreran it by praying in tongues before I ever got there. Now look at what Timothy says, or uh, this is what Paul says to Timothy, excuse me. Stir up, I put you in remembrance. Stir up the gift of God. Well, how do you stir it up? Well, one is activating you. You use your gift. But another way to stir up your gift is to get over in the Holy Ghost. Okay? Because this came by the impartation of Paul's hands. So how many of you ever made Kool-Aid? You get a pitcher, right? You get a pitcher. You, 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 it's very easy. You put the Kool-Aid packet in. And you put 10 cups of sugar and you put it down inside of that pitcher. And then you stir it up, right? After you put water in. But if you let that settle, the 10 cups of sugar and the Kool-Aid contents are all going to drop to the bottom. And it's going to settle. Some people are not flowing in what God gave you. Because, not because the gift isn't there. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. It's because you're not keeping it stirred. You're not keeping the mixture right. You're not keeping the flow right. Well, what does it? Praying in tongues. It stirs it up so that at any moment you're ready in season or out of season to minister. Are you here? The more you pray in tongues, I promise you, the more you will be known for somebody that hears in the spirit realm from God. Number three, tongues helps you to magnify God and to worship him. Watch this. Spirit to spirit. Why is that important? Sometimes I see people come into a worship service. You know, and like I said in the nine o'clock service, I would not go to a church that's dead. Why do you want to get dressed, look beautiful, look handsome, right? You, you work seven days a week and go to a funeral service. Why do you want to put yourself through that kind of torture? I mean, are you serious? Not me. But people come into, you know, worship service and they almost have an attitude where it's like they just stand there with the great observation spirit. You know, they should work, you know, for NASA and observe, you know, because they're, you know, explore, you know, right? This isn't an observation center. But they come in and they're observing, you know, if the music's right, if the, if the feeling is right, their favorite song's being played, do they like the sound, is it too loud, too quiet, just right, right? And, and, and they don't know how to worship spirit to spirit. You know why people don't know how to worship spirit to spirit? Because some don't really know what true worship is. But one of the greatest ways to worship God and to go higher in worship is Notice what 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15 says. It says, what is it then? I will pray in tongues with my spirit, and I'll also pray with my understanding or whatever language it is that I speak in. But I also will sing in the spirit or with the spirit, with my spirit, and I'll sing with my understanding. All right, I want everyone just to begin to sing out in tongues. Ready? Go ahead. Come on, keep it going. How many can feel the atmosphere? What do you feel? Now imagine if, okay, you can be done. Imagine if you did that before you ever came to the worship service. Man, you've already been contacting spirit to spirit with God. Now you bring that into the corporate setting. And you'd have Rice Krispies. You'd have things snapping. You'd have things cracking. And you'd have things popping. Amen? Now, look at John chapter 4. I want to teach you a principle. So Jesus is, is meeting with this woman at the well. Okay? She was a Samaritan. A Jew shouldn't have been talking to a Samaritan. And even the, the disciples kind of had a racial bent. They're like, look at him. He's sitting with a Samaritan. Isn't that amazing? That, that spirit has been around forever. That's why you don't buy into it. Amen? Or let them play the race card on you. Now, here's the thing. Because every person and every color is important to God. And it should be important to you. So he's sitting down with this woman at the, at the well. 
And he's getting into the subject of worship, and she thinks that worship is going to some mountain and all the different rituals and works. And Jesus says something to her in verse 24. Notice what he says. But the hour comes, and it is even right now, that true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, how do you connect to God in spirit and in truth? You do it spirit to spirit. The problem is people come into worship and they try to connect to God who is a spirit with their head. And the Bible says that the things of the spirit is foolish to those who's always in their head. How many know a Christian that they can't even understand the simple things of scripture because they're constantly in their head? How many know that? How many of you, well, you don't raise your hand, but there's people that struggle with getting filled with the Holy Ghost because they're trying to figure it out in their head. And so the greatest way to connect to God, who is a spirit, because the true you is a spirit being, is you worship in the spirit, just like we did. Now, notice Jesus uses this word, true worship. Do you know what true worship is? The devil knows what true worship is most than than most worship teams. I hate to say it. Because he was in charge of worship before he fell. So why would he say these words to Jesus in the temptation of Jesus that you find in in the book of Matthew, where Lucifer, Satan, comes to Jesus and he says, if you be the son of God, watch this, bow down and worship me. Notice Satan didn't say stand there. Lift your hands up and worship me. He said, bow down. Because when Jesus is talking about spirit and in truth and true worship, he was talking about the kind of worship that bows down and almost like kisses the feet of the one you're worshiping. To put your face down as if to kiss the earth. It's that level of being prostrate before the Lord. So when you sing in the spirit, you're connecting to God with intimacy. I remember I was telling this to the first service. I remember I've had a couple experiences happen to me. When I first got filled with the Holy Spirit in 1984, I got saved in 1984 in the summer of 84. And it was a couple weeks or so afterwards that I got filled with the Holy Spirit on a Sunday night at the church that I visited. I didn't even know what it was. They said, you need to be baptized. And so in the Holy Spirit. And so I did. And rivers of, of, of the Spirit kept flowing out of me. I couldn't shut it off. I went to my parents' home that I was living with, just graduated out of high school, went and I began to pray in tongues. It was about nine o'clock at night. I kept praying in tongues the whole night. And I'll never forget, the last time I looked at my alarm clock, it was about two in the morning and I was caught up to heaven. I don't know. I didn't have enough knowledge of things to make it up in my mind. I didn't have enough knowledge to, you know, imagine this was happening. I didn't know. So that's how I know it was real. And I was taken up before the throne, and I remember seeing uh, such glory and brilliance coming out of some, some figure that was seated on a throne. I couldn't see the face, but I could see their hands. And their hand reached towards me and touched my head and began to declare that I was called and chosen to speak to the nations and to the tribes of many nations. But that's not the part that impressed me. I didn't even understand it was the worship. It was so beautiful. And so I've had something happen to me several times where I would lay on my bed and I would just, you know, in the middle of the night, as Brenda's sleeping, the, the, the German shepherds are sleeping, I would just sing in tongues quietly. And I remember one time that I just began to sing in the spirit. I don't even have a great voice, but I just began to sing and worship in the spirit. And all of a sudden I just felt myself getting caught up and I could hear this brilliant sound. And so I just stopped worshiping and I just laid there and I was still just enjoying the presence of God. All of a sudden I heard the most magnificent, brilliant sound. I have never in my life heard the sound of this male voice that was singing to me. I looked over at Brenda. She was asleep. I looked at the dogs. They weren't aware of what was going on. And I, and I, and I remember looking up going, what, what is this? This is the most beautiful sounding male voice I've ever heard in my entire life. And I closed my eyes and I just let that voice sing to me. Finally, after a few minutes, I said, who are you? 
You have the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. The voice spoke back and said, it is I, your God. And I rejoice over you and my people with singing. I'm telling you, you want to increase your intimacy with God, get over in tongues. You want to increase spirit to spirit worship, sing to him in tongues. Praying in the spirit. All right, let me show you another one. Acts 10, 44 on this point. Notice what happened. This is why I get, I don't know about you, but I get righteously indignated when I hear people say that speaking in tongues is of the devil. I'm like, you just insulted God. Look at what Acts 10, verse 44 through 46 says. This is what happened to these believers. While Peter was preaching these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. Watch this. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify, worship God. What were they doing? They weren't, this wasn't of the devil. If it was of the devil, they certainly wouldn't be magnifying God. But I'm telling you, you want to magnify? You want to increase your intimacy with God where you feel his presence and you have encounters with God? Increase praying in tongues and singing in the spirit. All right, let's move on. Praying in the spirit helps you to, to when you don't know what to pray about. How many of you ever been to a, a time in your life where you didn't really know what to pray about? And I told you, you know, we've done that before. I remember years ago, um, I'll give you an example. We, we, were, um, we, were, uh, we were in high school and they used to have archery. How many remember archery class? That's when they actually had the pointed uh, things that could hurt somebody, pointed arrow. And so they had targets and everything. And, you know, I was a wise guy, you know. And so I'm just, you know, shooting, you know, not even knowing what I'm aiming at, Right. And uh, that's how some people are with, with prayer. They just throw up prayers and they wonder why it's not hitting the target. Well, you got to know how to pray the word. You got to know what God is moved by. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. You need to know how to pray and get answers. But sometimes we're just shooting those arrows of prayer, hoping we hit something. Sometimes we're like, well, I think the target's over there. I think this is how you pray. I'm telling you, when you pray in tongues, you have an ability to connect every time. Because you're not praying prayers. There's no unbelief when you pray in tongues. There is no unbelief. There's no lack of faith when you're praying in tongues. It's a perfect language in the spirit to hit the target every time. In fact, I remember I had the principal come out because I got tired of trying to hit the targets and there was some, I don't know, flying chickens or whatever they are. I don't know, I think they're geese or something were flying over. And uh, so I just started shooting up at the, at the chickens. And uh, on the other side was a hill that went down and the track team was running around and all these arrows are coming down. Somebody told the principal, and let's just say it, I hit the target. I got in trouble. But nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. It was all terrific. Okay. So look here what Romans 8 says. Likewise, if they can come up to the piano here. Likewise, the Spirit helps our weaknesses. For we often don't know what we should pray about as we should. But when you pray in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit himself will help intercede for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. How many of you have ever had this happen? Sometimes I've prayed in tongues so much and so long that my literal spirit, because Jesus said out of your belly, well, where's your spirit at? Right here. Some of us have a bigger spirit than others, but we, <laughs> that's because we're full of, full of God. But here's the thing. I've had times where my whole spirit will start moving. I've had that happen to me on an airplane. Next week, I'll tell you what happened to me one time when I was praying in tongues and the guy behind me, what he said to me. And I'm going to give you an activation to show you what you can do to build your spirit up. But my spirit, how many of you ever had that happen? Your spirit just, because you're just building it so strong. All right, let's go on. Number five, praying in tongues brings divine mysteries into manifestation. Notice this in 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For it says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue, speaks not unto men, but unto God. Now notice in this verse, it doesn't say that you have to have an interpretation. Here's what people don't realize. We can all speak in tongues individually, 
and together as long as we're speaking unto God in prayer. But if God chooses to have a message that he wants spoken in an unknown tongue in the service or in our home group, then there should be an interpretation. Because I've heard people teach that. Well, if you pray in tongues, you always have to interpret it. No, that's not true. If it's a message from God to the earth, then yes. But if it's a message from the earth to God in the, in the spirit, you don't need it. Now, you should pray that you get one so that you can be divinely guided by the Lord. Now, let me go on. Number six, pray that you may interpret. Okay. First Corinthians 14 verse two says you speak mysteries. Look at first Corinthians 14, 13 through four. Wherefore, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue, pray that you may interpret. In other words, pray that you know what God is saying. What is the Lord saying? What are you praying out? What are you calling into the earth? My spirit prays. I've had people say, well, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to get in in the spirit. Well, notice what it says. Pray that you may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. My mind often doesn't know what I'm saying. Sometimes I will pray in tongues and I'll just keep praying in tongues, keep praying in tongues, keep praying in tongues until I feel that stirring. And sometimes I'll pray in tongues so much that how many of you ever had this happen that, that you start praying in tongues and the next thing you know, and the building and the building shall require this and the building shall require this. And then all of a sudden it comes to you and you're trying to pray in tongues and, and, and English words are forming. How many of you know that's, a, that's, 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 that's your spirit you're interpreting. Other times I'll pray in tongues so much that I'll start hearing things and I'll grab a notebook and I'll start writing it down and I, and I listen and I pray in tongues and I write down. And here's what I learned to do, how I learned to hear from God, is I have a journal and I would pray in tongues, pray in tongues, and then I would begin to write down in my journal whatever I heard. I wouldn't tell anybody. I didn't submit it to anybody. And that way, if it was about as off, as off, as off, nobody knew but me and God. But what I started noticing happening is what I was writing down whether it be for individuals, and I never, by the way, went up to individuals in the church and gave them my great revelation. I never did that in all the years. I always would go to my pastor or somebody that was in charge. I didn't just go up to people and do that to them. And you shouldn't either. And so I started noticing, man, these things are coming to pass. What's going on? Because I was interpreting what I was praying in the spirit realm. I was pulling it into the earth. Now, how many remember, as we close this, Jesus' first miracle? Jesus' first miracle, John chapter 2, was he took water, he turned it into wine. What is wine symbolic of? Anybody know? The Holy Spirit or even revelation. The book of Isaiah chapter 65, I believe it's verse 8, says that the new wine is found in clusters. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came uh, and they thought that the men were drunk, Peter stands up and says, um, excuse me, but this isn't new wine. These men aren't drunk as, as you think. So there was a comparison to them speaking in tongues, the manifestation of the spirit as like them being drunk or filled with new wine. So when Jesus turned the water into wine, there was a supernatural transformation. Tongues of men, tongues of angels. Something will happen in the natural. That's the water. Something will happen in the supernatural, the angels, remember that teaching, that ultimately will benefit you. Because what did Jesus say? Fill up the water pots, natural realm. You need to, in the natural realm, pray. When you pray, supernatural manifestation, transformation, revelation, direction, come on, supernatural begins to happen. And then the next thing he said, after the water turned to wine, he said, draw out. He that prays in tongues, come on, pray that you may what? Interpret. That's drawing out of your spirit. When you're praying in tongues, transformation is happening just like that water to wine. When you write it down, you're interpreting. You're drawing out of the water pots. How many got that? And then what did he say ultimately? He said, now go give it to the governor of the feast. Give it to the one in charge. He didn't just go run out, say, look at what I did, mom. He submitted it to the ones that were in authority. Amen. All right, stand to your feet.
I'm going to give you one last one. And then we can go on to next week. I've had people say many times, well, I don't know what to do. I need direction. I need revelation. When you pray in tongues, you actually forerun your future. You forerun your future. I remember years ago, I'll close with just a couple quick, fast stories. I remember years ago, the Lord said to me, he said, Hank, he said, after your time of intercession with me and for others, he said, I want you to go throughout your day and do what I'm saying to you. What would happen if we would increase the amount of time that we pray in tongues? And so I'd get in my car. The first thing I'd do is pray in tongues all the way to work. While I was at work, I was working. That's the key, working and also praying in tongues. And I kept doing this and I kept praying in tongues. And finally, after a few months, man, I'm like, what the, what, what is the purpose of this? And, and the Lord said, do it until I tell you otherwise. And so I thought, well, maybe he's told me to stop a long time ago and I just didn't hear him. So I thought, well, I better not stop because I'm not sure. So I just kept going, kept going about six months into it. And I'm talking about, and I still pray a lot in tongues. And, um, all of a sudden I started noticing about the sixth month, all heaven broke loose. How many are ready for all of heaven to break loose? I mean, it was just like crazy. And so I'm like, Lord, this is, this is, this is amazing. He said, Hank, every time you were praying in tongues, you were forerunning your future and what's happening now. Now look at what Isaiah uh, chapter 28 says. So Isaiah 28 uses these words because maybe you need something to happen in your life. Maybe you're tired of waiting for certain things. The Bible says if they'll put up on the screen, thank you for precept must be upon precept. So you got to build on each thing. Precept upon precept. Notice this, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, with stammering lips and other tongues will he speak to his people. One of the greatest ways to forerun your future. How many of you single people in this church? Raise your hand if you're single. Raise your hand if you're, if you're single, okay? Keep them up high. Do you know how you forerun? Keep them up high, because I'm not trying to embarrass you. Do you know how you forerun your spouse coming? Every day, you can put your hand down now. Every day, you get up and you say, Lord, I'm gonna spend five to 10 minutes praying over my spouse. I'm going to forerun me meeting them and them meeting me. I'm not going to marry the wrong person. I'm not going to waste my time in free, what do they call it, friend zone? I'm not going to waste my time in friend zone. I'm not going to waste my time in that stuff. No, I pray in tongues for the right person that you have chosen for me. And you know, you're going to walk out and forerun. Let me give you one last example, the last story. So years ago, no, this is important. Years ago, Brent and I, when we were trying to get into the ministry, we both, you know, no, nothing was happening. So she said, well, I'm going to go work at a bank. I said, well, Brenda, I'm going to go pump gas because that's what I grew up as a little kid at my dad's service station until God just keeps opening these doors. At least it's not committal, you know, like we're going to get into major jobs and we can't step away from it when the ministry breaks loose. The problem is the ministry didn't break loose. <laughs> it didn't. And so I was stuck there at a gas station and she was stuck working at a bank and we were I was making $4 and 35 cents an hour. That was like back in 1990. I think that wasn't that much money. I don't know how we made it. And so, um, one day, you know, I was at the service station and I was feeling very discouraged and I couldn't help. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you're not emotional. I'm not emotional, but my eyes just kept filling up with tears because I kept rehearsing all the things that the Lord had prophesied to me. And yet nothing was happening. I said, Lord, I'm just here. I'm being a hard worker. What am I not doing right? And I just kept praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. All of a sudden, this car pulls up with four nuns in it. And they pull up to the full service island. And I asked them, I said, can I help you? They said, yeah, I'll fill up our car. And they said, young man, we've been directed to come here today. I'm like, from a nun? <laughs> I mean, no offense. I was, that's where I was at. Like, and they said, we were praying in tongues. From a nun? 
Four nuns? I'll be a son of a nun. I looked at them and they said, yeah, we've been praying in tongues all day and the Lord directed us to come here and you are who we're supposed to talk to. I couldn't, I, I just looked at them, I said, are you serious? They said, come up here. Let's all pray in tongues together. I don't know how they knew I prayed in it. So we were praying in tongues. I'm looking around, make sure my boss is in the wrong. Kind of acting nervous, looking at me. You know, the thing already clicked off. I'm like, and the one nun, she said, the reason we're here is we're to tell you this. God has heard you. And he has listened. And you are about to step out of this job into a new place and you are called to preach all over the world. And that's what they said. They said, your voice will be heard and shouted across the earth. You don't belong here. And they said, we just released that. You know what happened? Next day, a lady pulls up. She said, I've been wanting to talk to you. I said, okay. She said, you don't belong here. I said, really? She said, I've been praying and you don't belong here. She goes, my husband owns a major business in town and we believe that you're supposed to be our manager. And she says, does that bear witness with you? And I was like, I don't want to be in work. I, I want to be in the ministry. And I said, well, I, I want to be in the ministry. She goes, well, we'll help you do that, but that's fine. Something didn't set right. So I went home, told Brenda, I said, hey, I got this offer from these people. She said, well, what, what does the Lord say? I said, I don't know, I'm going to pray in tongues. A few days later, somebody else pulls up. And they said, you know what? And they knew me. They said, Hank, it's time to get you out of this job. You're supposed to be in the ministry. And that person literally paved the way for me. To, now, what would have happened if I would have just jumped on it? We would have missed it. All I'm saying is when you pray in tongues, not only is there your future for it, but there's a protection that comes. I'm convinced of it. Amen. Father, I pray for everybody in the sound of my voice. We're getting ready to meet with the game changers. By the way, give me a minute to get out. I want to meet you at the game changers table as well. Father, we pray for every person. I pray that we would increase the amount of praying in tongues starting today. And I believe that supernatural manifestations, revelations, direction, blessings shall be released in Jesus' name. Amen.